here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Uh, we have 
Contact in the Desert annually, UFO Mega Conference, and 5D events with many, many others with our UFO associates and our UAP associates. And also we have paranormal events, and we recently uh, thought about going into television with a lot of people since uh, so many people still enjoy uh, using their eyes to see and their ears to hear. So a 5D event is sort of common now, believe it or not. And we also have CE5s, which I am one of those, and we're going to find out if Brad is as well. And we'll help you figure out all these words that we're using because our words, the way we speak and the way we communicate is changing every day. Now, Brad has also done other radio shows that include the most famous, started with the man I used to listen to occasionally and actually got to talk to personally. Coast to Coast was Art Bell. So many of you may remember the name Art Bell, and many of you now probably know George Nury. So we'll talk to Brad about how he knows him, and uh, we know we've had him down here in Gulf Breeze, Florida, where I live in the Panhandle, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, with Brad later. But also, he has been on Fade to Black, and most of you already know that's Jimmy Church, unless that's changed. It may be many people, but I only know the name Jimmy Church. So Jimmy occasionally talks to me as a friend uh, or sends me a line once in a while. He's a really nice guy. I really like him. I've never talked to George Nury, not once, but I don't go out west all those events that Brad's going to tell us about. Now, he's actually been a television show I don't know if you call him a star, a TV star or not, but I know in my world, uh, on Ancient Aliens, that's, gosh, I've been watching that since the inception. Uh, he's also been on America Unearthed. I've watched that, not as often as I should. Beyond Belief, watch that. Book of Secrets and Mysteries of the Outdoors. Hmm. He may have me on that one. I've watched Book of Secrets. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out what channel that's on. But being that uh, Brad and I are both in IMDb with Amazon, we'll find out what's going on with that one, too. So, Brad, don't let me forget that. So, Brad is the founder and co-producer, so he is an entrepreneur. And uh, I guess he has to feed his family. But uh, how weird street fair. Now, that's how I remember Brad from many, many years back when I started Ace Folk Life, and I had street fair festivals, but we had them out at the county court in Ohio County in Kentucky. So he did a show or two with me back in when I was in Kentucky. Now I'm in Florida. Now, he says in the Soma neighborhood of San Francisco. So he knows all about all those type of things, so I'd love to talk a little bit about that as well, hopefully in his uh, bio, but after we get through his story of origin as a child and where he lived in Chicago. So he is a Chicago, Illinois, USA native born, and he is all about esoteric writing and how it reaches a wide audience while he continues breaking ground in alternative journalism. And we'll have to get him to talk about what alternative journalism is in the day of uh, what we call counterculture and what we also call 
other names that I'm sure he is very aware of as uh, cancel culture. And uh, he's a wonderful public speaker. I invite all of you uh, agents, consultants, and organizers out there to remember Brad Olson's name. And he's also into illustration and photography. So we'll have to find out all about his books, if he did the illustrations, if he took photography. And he also admins a couple of Facebooks, which to a lot of you people out there in social media, you know, we've all become slaves to social media. So, uh, goodness, I just lost something. Hold on. Brad, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay, well, hold on because we just got disconnected and cut off. So, hold on. I don't know why that happened, but stand by, folks. Well, they can't hear us, so hold on. I don't understand why they can disconnect me. I'll have to call back in. Let me see if I can get back in on this number. I've never had this happen. This is interesting. It says connect. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let's try this one more time. Gosh, I hope I didn't lose my whole show. I hope I'm just having to call back in. So it could be – I won't know till it's totally recorded. Let's see. It says connecting. So I apologize to you, Brad, because I haven't had this problem in my entire, well, eight years, nine years, I guess. All right, let's try this again. Uh, call connected. Well, that's good. So am I connected or not? Host? No, it says host disconnected. Okay, right up here. It's trying one more time. Let me see down here. Call connected. Interesting. Well, if, if we're still, if people can still hear us, that's great. If they can't, please give mm-hmm. us feedback. I'm gonna let's see. Blog Talk Radio. Folks, if you can hear me, I'm broadcasting from Florida up to New York, and I've never been kicked off like this. I may have to call back in. Well, stand by. I'm going to play music for just a minute, Brad, just in case. I'm going to call in on another line and uh, reconnect, okay, because this may or may not be connected. In I can call in on another one just to make sure. So, uh, Brad, stand by, and everybody, pretty much I've got his uh, – bio out of the way, so hold on just a minute, and we're going to uh, do something here while I call back in. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care and nothing Nothing's going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I will be there To brighten up Even your darkest night You just call out my name and you know wherever I am
Let me start over just in case, and if you've already heard the beginning, then uh, I'll just say that this is Brad Olson joining T.J. Mars E.T. Radio Show, and he is an author, consultant, organizer, and uh, actually uh, running a whole event, but he is an author of three books, Modern Esoteric, Future Esoteric, Beyond Esoteric, and he has been in many other uh, radio shows, and I'm a little thrown off my game here with, because he's been on coast to coast with George Nuri and other people, Ground Zero, uh, Fade to Black, and uh, let's see, geez, television shows, Ancient Aliens, America and Earth, Beyond Belief, Book of Secrets and Mysteries of the Outdoors. Uh, he is a world traveler. He founded and is a co-producer of How Weird Street Narrative and the people calling in. Let me turn these other phones off in the studio. And the Chicago Native Esoteric Writing reaches a wide audience. While everybody wants to talk right now, isn't this fantastic? So, yes, we are breaking ground here into a new alternative reality in journalism. So tonight with myself, T.J. Morris, E.T., which that is what I'm known for, folks, being an extraterrestrial, because we all relate to alien civilizations exist. And I am now going to be joined one more time with the famous 
American Brad Olson, not Dr. Brad Olson of Flagstaff, but Brad Olson, the esoteric man. Okay, Brad Olson, finally, are you there? Hey, <laughs> TJ, I am here waiting patiently. Well, I didn't know I had another uh, doppelganger by the name of Brad Olson in Flagstaff, but uh, I guess they're there. It's not that uncommon of a name. And, uh, oh, well, yeah. thank you for the uh, original very kind introduction that was uh, lengthy. I hope we'll, your listeners caught it. If not, uh, we can go over some things that you mentioned in that interview or the bio and uh, happy to tell you anything about my life and my books and what I'm working on as we go along. Okay. I probably threw you off a little bit, threw me off. I wasn't used to getting kicked off my own sh- Oh, but maybe it's here, folks. So when we go back and listen, uh, we are on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. We're probably there because we've been out there for years and years and years. And a lot of people were interested in what we have to say as extraterrestrials and alien civilizations exist. And our mystical, magical mystery tour here because we're always about the UFO business and UFO association and our UAP dot associates and Brad as an author, consultant, organizer has a lot going on. Very busy person. Now, some of you may not know Dr. Brad Olson. He's in similar business. He was uh, author, off, off, a police officer, and in Flagstaff is working on a lot of wonderful things over there. And so Brad Olson is the one that's most famous, I guess, now since you've been on my show, Brad. I don't know, two or three times back in the day. I know you were with me over when I was with uh, Mike Ringley over on Revolution Radio. But now we're doing TJ Mars ET Radio for American Communications Online out of New York with Voxnest. And Brad, I would like to know, you were born in Chicago, but I would really like to get your story of origin. And that's how we usually do people. And this is going to be for people that would like to know a lot about you as an American first, if you don't mind. Can you tell us what it was like growing up in Chicago? I've been there many times and lived up in Waukegan area near uh, the Naval Base where I was in the Navy there. So would you start in Chicago? Is that where your mother and father met? Or tell us a little about your parents. Yeah, all my uh, family's still out there as well. Uh, although my dad has since moved to Colorado and my mom and sister with her family and kids are out here in California where I'm at now. So we're gradually uh, rolling the ball out west, but uh, most of them are there. I was born in the city but grew up in a town called Arlington Heights and went to Mount Prospect High School. And, TJ, I can assure you there are no heights and no mountains in that area. It was just wishful thinking that it was – anything more than the very flat plains that you find out there. Really, the only truthful name in the suburbs where I grew up was Des Plains, which was an Indian name for the Great Plains. Uh, I went through high school and college downstate, Illinois State University, and graduated with a double major in marketing and art. I thought I would get into advertising because there are quite a few ad agencies in Chicago and Had I gone to the uh, career day at my university, instead of playing uh, frisbee and hacky sack, my friends walking by, my colleagues and 
same class saying, why aren't you coming to this with their resumes and hands? I said, well, I want to go travel this summer. I want to see the world a little bit. Now I finished college, uh, the hurry to get a career. And so that was kind of the crossroads of my life. Otherwise, I'd probably be a, a ad executive in Chicago writing ad copy with 2.5 kids in the suburbs and always wondering what my life would have been had I pursued travel and a career in writing instead, which I did. And I'm very happy I did, and I'm very satisfied with my life choices. And so I went to Europe in the summer of 88. All my trips have been self-financed, this being the first one internationally. And I thought it was so cool backpacking around, having uh, a good time, meeting everybody, three months. But then I started meeting uh, Australians and Kiwis, and they say, three months, mate. We've been traveling for three years. Well, how do you do that? said, oh, well, we work our way around the world. So I thought about that after I got back. It took me a couple of years, and then eventually I moved to Japan, where I was an English teacher for 14 months, and then once again self-financed my own three-year trip around the world, including that time spent in Japan. And on that trip, I started going to all these really magnificent sacred places along the way. And many of them are, are what you go to the particular towns to see anyways. They're right there along the tourist travel trail. And But also noticing that there was so much more to the story with a lot of these places. And while I did do a whole series of travel books on sacred places, that's the name of the series, did uh, Around the World, North America, and Europe, Sacred Places, 108 Destinations, it was more to it that got me into the esoteric subjects in the books I write about now. And that is, we could look at the Great Pyramid, for example. There, There's more to the Great Pyramid and the placement of it and the internal megalithic design and what those internal structures were all about that do give a lot of information about the Great Pyramids having an esoteric function. And let's define our terms. And I know you said that in the original setup, what exactly was esoteric, and you wanted me to uh, define that a little bit. Well, the uh, Webster's Dictionary is an unusual and understood or liked only by a small number of people, especially those with special knowledge. So it's restricted or intended for an enlightened or initiated minority, especially because truthiness or obscurity, a.k.a. an esoteric cult. Well, it doesn't have to be a cult. It could just be the search for getting to the nature of things. And that's what I do in my esoteric series books. I look at all the mysteries of the world, and I try to – really distill them down to an easily understood narrative that I follow by uh, basically putting the data points together and, and letting the story unfold itself that way. And as you mentioned in the setup, there are now three books in my esoteric series with the newest Beyond Esoteric, Escaping Prison Planet. It's just come out a couple months ago and doing real well. And many thanks to you for having me on your show again. It's been a long time since we've talked, and uh, 
happy to go into uh, anything you'd like to talk about here on ET Talk. Maybe they're listening in, too, and they want to hear. <laughs> that's right. I hope they always are because I spent too much time off playing it, and uh, it's hard to explain that, folks. So I think that's what we're all about in this reality now after 2020. So we say hindsight's 2020, and uh, I had always had uh, eyes watching Brad travel but Brad, a lot of people may have not known you the way I knew, knew of you, but uh, can you tell us when you got into this weird stuff? Because uh, you have a, <laughs> sound like you're just a normal American guy, but we all know that follow you around the world on uh, social media and on Ancient Aliens that uh, you recently went to Antarctica in like, the last two years or three years. I think it was 2019, was it not? Correct. Let's get that out of the way. So I don't know. We should cover your books first and leave Antarctica as a cliffhanger, I guess. But so many people probably already know your story that follow you, but maybe they don't follow me. Uh, So I don't know which way you want to go. I know they like the ET stuff. So you tell me what what you want to have on this show because we're setting up to have you on the next – well, we'll do a complete video but this is just to get people tuning in on the radio. A lot of people say they have face for radio or ears for listening. <laughs> so how, what do you, where do you want to – because you've got a lot of yummy stuff. Sure. Well, let, let's start with the books because that does get into a lot of the UFO ET research as well. It basically – my interest became very piqued in the subject when I was in – Uh, backpacking around the Pacific Northwest in uh, the summer of 1997. And I found myself with a bunch of strands up on uh, the highest peak of Crater Lake in Southern Oregon. One July evening, watching a beautiful sunset, just as the sun hit the horizon, it was still quite light out. We started going up to uh, see a couple of our, friends that just left our spot a few minutes before and we saw this bright streak of light perfectly uh, straight line and it broke off into perfect square blips I'll never forget that and I still can't explain why but it took several seconds streaking across the sky and it was heading right into the depths of Crater Lake the other friends I was with the three of us who just fell to the ground laughing we couldn't believe what an amazing we had just experienced together. And of course we kept talking about it all night. Well, it was as we were running up the hill to go see if our friends had seen it, we saw the exact same thing over Mount Shasta about 70 miles in the distance to the South. So really two unexplained sightings in the sky at once. And this got me really thinking about all that has been withheld from humanity, why I couldn't get any kind of, explanation for this. In fact, I even wrote about the account in the uh, first author's karma statement chapter in Future Esoteric, The Unseen Realms, as being the linchpin that got me into these subjects. And so that really started me thinking about why is it that volcanoes have so many UFO sightings, such as these very first two that I saw in 97 and subsequently have 
again at Mount Shasta on other visits, as well as up in Mount Adams, one of the most uh, frequently seen UFO hotspots in the world. And it is something to do with volcanoes. Perhaps it's the heat that is coming out that can be uh, entrained into the craft. Perhaps it's the large cavities on the inside of volcanoes that would allow hiding from the surface world, or perhaps it's something altogether different. Now, sometimes you hear about civilizations living underneath or near volcanoes, such as at Mount Shasta, there is an inner world called Telos, which is said to exist and is inhabited by the survivors of Lemuria many thousands of years ago, which had been surface dwellers, but then moved down into this location. And I guess this could be a good time to say that I'll be one of the speakers at the Mount Shasta Summer Conference at the end of August. And one of the nights we are up there, we go up to the slopes of the mountain to do a sky watch. And lo and behold, last year when I was a speaker there, we did it. There were two lights that were just slowly moving back and forth way up on the upper portion of the mountain. And I know because I've climbed it, I also climbed it that year in 97, that there are no hikers or lights way up that high that could have been emitting those lights. So chalk up another mystery. And I should also say if anybody wants to come to that Mount Shasta Summer Conference, which will sell out, but if you get your ticket ahead of time, use the promo code BRAD my first name, and you'll get a discount. So uh, I love these live conferences, and I'm also doing several online conferences, including Contact the Desert at the end of June and uh, another live one in Laughlin, Nevada, the beginning of November called Disclosure by the River. And these are always great because I meet so many people. I'm one of the speakers that sits in as many talks as I can be in. And I just love just soaking this up myself. As a researcher, I'm constantly craving information, new information, new speakers. And Alex Collier is going to be at the Mount Shasta Summer Conference. Looking forward to meeting him and some other speakers that I know, like Rob Potter oh. and Michael Jaco, also there. Alex Collier is literally coming out of wherever he's been in Colorado to speak at this. Mount Shasta event? Is that what you're saying, or that, underground? That is what uh, I'm saying, yeah. I mean, unless he decides otherwise and wants to do it uh, over Zoom, but I understand he's making an appearance. He's coming out. Wow. I've never met him in this reality, but I met him in Andromeda in a past reality, So, or however you want to say that, a past life. If you listen to Dolores Cannon, maybe, or... Yogis in India, I don't know, bodhisattvas, and <laughs> if you study that, I don't know, folks, uh, you know, because that just shocked me. That's the name for uh, a gentleman here on the planet that uh, came out many, many, many years ago after, uh, well, we'd have to get in the whole ancient history, but 43 up, I guess we could start with Brad, but uh Alex Collier's in there somewhere, but he came in what eighties, uh, early eighties, you think? Alex Collier, do you know uh, his yeah. timeline? Yeah, and in the nineties. In fact, I'm watching a video of his from ninety six right now and it's still amazingly present with today's whole news 
talking about structures on Mars and the moon, which I have a chapter in my book, Future Esoteric, called Structures on Other Planets. And so much information that he gathered by being a contactee with the Andromedians. And so uh, to hear him speak live will be a real treat. And as he said, he doesn't come out much. So uh, he's Uh -uh. good friends with Rob Potter, who I think has coaxed him into making this appearance at the uh, Mount Shasta Summer Conference. Uh, He's been on my shows. He's been on on my shows. Uh, Not Alex Collier, folks. I I had uh, communication, brief communication with him, but he probably doesn't know that because I I tend tend to stay very low-key and in the background with most of these people as they write the reality in this uh, check and balance (laughs) 3D matrix. So but you just caught my – I had to say, whoa, I, had to, I wasn't sure if I was hearing that right because uh, it's been many, many years since Alex Collier. And there's so many of our friends have died since uh, he went underground, so to speak, and then uh, for whatever reasons. Uh, so he, he – have wow. Anybody else you should mention at this point in your uh, show here? I know we – Got off on a 15-minute strangeness, but that's, I guess, par <laughs> for the course with you and me. But anybody else that, that's going to be there with you? Because I hadn't planned on coming out, but I don't know. Now you're uh, tempted. <laughs> I may have, yeah, now I'm tempted. But I, I'm, I'm not going to come out in, in human form again until I get a like speaker like I did at Mid-SouthCon or something because it helps pay my way over there, right? And money is so tight for us retired people out there even in radio so and uh i haven't really been getting out and speaking and getting, getting up and doing what you've done and i'm really i'm really uh amazed at what all you've accomplished in such a short time but now how where do we go what where's the website built for this particular event you're speaking about brad well i don't have it right in front of me but you can just do a keyword search mount shasta summer conference it's hosted Summer by Conference. Rob Potter, and he's a, a contactee with the Venusians. And so Cosmic Ray, Ray Keller, he's also going to be a speaker there, as well as Lowell Johnston, who was invited into Telos, that under mountain city of Mount Shasta, giving his account just last July, so not even a year ago. He was in Telos, and he's going to give a presentation about that experience, which I'm really looking forward to. So really an all-star lineup. There's several others that I can't think of offhand that will be there. Uh, I do know Michael Jaco, very popular YouTuber, is going to be there. And, of course, Rob Potter himself, who's a very talented speaker, is going to be the MC and I'm sure presenting a few things as well. And I'll be um, – moderating a panel uh, probably about super soldiers and the secret space program with Michael Jaco and also participating in several other things and giving my presentation, the hidden anomalies of Antarctica talk there as well. So you know about this, you know about uh, the secret space program, which we talk about here. I've got the UFO secret space program or UFO secret space website. I, don't think I even have it up right now. I may have it up right now. I know I've got a big following of people that are in it on uh, Facebook, but uh, my husband and I were in that 
space program 20 years and back, but he came to this planet to do 20 years, and I had to keep uh, my mouth shut the whole time. So it was really interesting. Yeah. We repelled each other. So that's – but you – you were, were you in the space program? Because I, I don't remember you ever telling me that you were in the space program, but were, do you have well, any memories on the planet? I, I, I don't, but – I, I attend so many of these conferences, and I've met so many of the uh, super soldiers who, who prefer the term enhanced. Soldiers. I don't care for the – yeah, I don't care for – that's one yeah, thing that's, that Janet and Lori and Fenton kept trying to get me to come over and do their conferences. And I didn't do Lorian's or Janet's because of that one word. I just didn't like – my husband and I told uh, Richard Dolan, Lori and Fenton, and Janet Lesson – no way, because we just didn't want that. Now, Stan Lee, after I did psychic work for Michael Jackson while I was in military in the Navy, and I was uh, I had my own corporation and psychic network over in Hawaii, uh, I, I, I was going to meet Stan Lee in Vegas because he, he decided I could be like a superpower, superhero person. But that's different on his show versus these events. So tell me about this enhanced, because I'm a cyborg. I have titanium in my neck in this reality, but this one I don't spend a lot of time in. In my, uh, I, I personally believe we're we're only one part of us is here, so I'm a little different than most. But tell me how much you know about that, since you're going to be doing the, uh, you're going to actually be the moderator. Now a lot of people may not know what we're talking about. Now I was a moderator at Mid South Con. It's a very big one, huge, huge conference, folks, at the Hilton in Memphis, and that's where uh, Taylor uh, – what was his name? Scott Taylor. Anyway, he's been on Ancient Aliens. Tell me what you do as a moderator, and tell us all about Chicago – I mean, uh, California, what what you do over there when you moderate these uh, things about the sure. – uh, you know, the enhanced <laughs> – Enhanced. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a cyborg, but I've I've learned to not be offensive. I don't know. It's just a human thing. Who knows why your sympathetic nervous system finds fault when you hear words? Uh, we tend to do that. But uh, you tell me now. Does Rob Potter? He's yeah. real open, and isn't he the guy that wore the triangle? Am, am I getting the right Rob Potter? I mean, yeah, a pyramid on his so. head. Yeah, that's right. That's Rob. He, he works with pyramid power and builds a little. Uh, pyramidal energy structure that people are invited to sit in and meditate and just see what they feel. Yeah, Last year okay. we had the uh, Belize Mitchell Hedges crystal skull come to the conference. Whoa. Boy, was that a treat to see that real and live. But really? About, uh, yeah, the enhanced soldiers. First of all, having so the name soldier in your term, soldier implies that you have been in the armed forces and I never have been. I'd never enlisted. I was backpacking around the world through my twenties. Whereas a lot oh, of I did. I've been in I did fifty years in this reality. Yeah. So that's a pretty good chance that you were in a twenty and back. Right. Exactly. But they oh, do yeah, one commonality is so they swipe your memory. So a lot of the enhanced soldiers are getting their memories back. And by getting them back, then they're just having these incredible tales of being off planet. <laughs> and then some, like Laura Eisenhower, was recruited, not being in the service, but being recruited 
because her great grandfather was Dwight D. Eisenhower and because she was already from some of these uh, families that were military families, but she declined to go. However, that was one of the reasons why she decided to come public and become a public speaker. And she'll be another speaker at Mount Shasta as well, and I imagine she'll be on the, the panel. So basically, I think the reason why I'm chosen as the moderator is because I, I come at it as a layman. I come at it asking the questions that I think the audience would like to hear. People that have no idea what this even means, I try to get uh, people caught up to terms with it and take them through before you do get asked to join these programs and go off planet. And this has been going on for decades, and it's not just the U.S. that has its own secret space program, but China does, Russia does, and the Nazis did. If history well, we were to have. be told truthfully, the Nazis were the first to the moon. In fact, there's a base that they co-opted that was already partly built, and they rebuilt it in the shape of a swastika that was seen by our Apollo 11 astronauts and others on the moon missions. But, of course, they couldn't talk about that, at least not publicly. So there's so much to this that comes out, and my interaction with a lot of these people, and I think they all understand I'm an honest broker of the truth, and trust me to ask them these questions in a live format audience. Uh, and it's Randy Kramer, it's James Rink, it's now Michael Jaco is getting his memories back of being in the 20 and back program. I seem to remember that name and uniform. When did he serve? I served from 67 till 2017 in and out of uniform. I seem Michael to know Jaco's name. Wasn't he a Marine? I don't know. No, he was a Navy SEAL. Oh, he was Navy SEAL. No wonder I yeah. know his name. See, I was and it Navy. turns out. Yeah, most uh, most people that are recruited to the Secret Space Program are from the Navy, and most of yeah. them come out of the Submarine Corps because they're already right. used to working in a pressurized, con- confined environment. So they're already trained to be able to function in these kind of uh, constricted uh, locations. I did more time travel reality type stuff. I didn't, but I did while I was in Hawaii work around the submarines. And then Tom Schaefer, who works with me here for Free Cosmos on his radio show, he had me just on his uh, show on. Uh, well, I was vi- I was visual for him first time. Uh, let's see, yeah. Other than me doing it with uh, Dr. Richard Allen Miller with Tom Schaefer, he had a TS clearance, so I have above TS secret. Uh, UAP or UFO secret space group, and it's all people that have had above top secret clearances. So he's uh, in with me on that. But now I remember James Rink because of Linda. No, not Linda Moulton Howe. Uh, uh, oh, it was Lynn, uh, Lorian Fenton that wanted to send him over. Uh, James Rink, and he may have been on my show. I know he was on Janet's show, Aquarian Radio. You remember when Janet and I were together for years and years, sure. about eight years? Yep. And we're still friends. She's just down and out right now. And uh, 
um, has her, her own thing going. Well, tell me about you then. How did you get involved? I mean, well, I, you know, I'm a secret space, space program, and my husband was. But how did uh, – we wouldn't even give our story to Richard Dolan. Now, we did give it to Stanton T. Friedman because Stanton worked with mm-hmm. me on one of the first cases with J. Allen Hynek and, uh, when I was brand new in, uh, out of NAS Dallas and went over to Balboa, San Diego. So uh, Stan got to know me and my husband. But, you know, he kept our secret till the day he died. Seriously. And he, I put his name in a couple of my books. So he and I were going to do a book as soon as he got finished with Kathy in 2008. It's a long story you don't know about. So we'll have to get you in, involved with all of this stuff. So my goodness. So you, you know all these people that you are putting. Are you putting these people together or is Rob Potter for the uh, soldier part? So usually, uh, usually the the producer of the event will put it together, and then I'll make a suggestion. Well, hey, you already got uh, three or four of these enhanced soldiers. Why don't we do a panel and let me moderate it? And I have done several at the five D events, and uh, last year at the Shasta Summer Conference. So I would imagine we'll do it this year. And while I do believe that he's uh, gotten all the speakers for this year, I would say TJ, if you did come including your husband, I'll uh, lobby to get you on the panel because clearly you have some insights on this that could be really good for others You haven't to read hear. my book. You haven't read any of my books, have you? I've got 40-some books out there. So yeah, well, the thing is, this is that. your interview, and uh, I had no idea you were involved in that. Now, f- folks, this is going to sound funny, but Brad and I have crossed – has and me usually doing him but i don't think he's ever done me but most people have no clue about anything of mine and it's so strange that i've got tj mars et radio (laughs) but i think there's no there's no coincidence that we're moving into this now that i've got by the way my husband has passed over he went back to the other dimension so to speak so Um, he's no longer yeah, he's no longer – I had to bury his body, but he got a military burial. It was really, really nice and all that, and uh, it was hard to get over, but that was my mission. I had to give up my command to let uh, – I did that the second time I went through boot camp so I could give up my command to work with him. It's a very long story with psychics and men in black and the word Stargate, and it's very complicated. It's very – real and you know i could sit with a polygraph and tell you the whole thing <laughs> i went to washington dc and took a polygraph and psyche psyche valve and all that but with you now you so you are an author researcher you were studying and traveling the world and let's talk about how did you get into all this et stuff how did well you it was get really with the uh publication of Future Esoteric, which then delves into the secret state as well as the cosmos section, which has all things UFO, ET included, and some positive chapters in the final section called Utopia, looking at our Star Trek future. But with all the secrecy that has been happening, it's been said that the real space program, the secret space program, is now several hundred years in advance of oh, yeah. what we think it is. So, in fact, we are being robbed of our Star Trek future right now by not being told what they have. So I think it is my line of questioning and my curiosity 
and an open mind without judging people with their accounts that I've been uh, allowed to be a moderator and, and looking into these subjects. Plus, of course, I do cover a lot of this material in my esoteric guides uh, and the latest book beyond esoteric has uh, more material about some of these secret agendas and uh, our involvement with extraterrestrials on and off planet. So I think it's, well, it's really just, you a whole... go ahead. Go ahead. I just like, oh, just, just, just the accumulation of my public speaking, the books, and my curious nature, not not judging a lot of these enhanced soldiers when they come forth with their story. And the last one, last conference I was at in Las Vegas in March, we were doing, uh, we did do a, a panel, but then some of the other uh, enhanced soldiers, including James Rank and some others that were at this conference, they were talking and they said in the audience right now, <laughs> This is funny. Not only is there someone from the government watching us, and they outed the person who was clearly uh, taken aback and quickly left the room, but they said there are other people in the programs, and that's what they refer to uh, being an enhanced soldier, here in the room who have never gone public. And those yeah. two came up on stage, and they were in tears. They were so moved by the experience that they were very emotionally charged. And, and I was just thinking to myself, you have to be either one heck of an actor to be able to pull tears on your very first public experience like this, or they're telling the truth. And I do believe <laughs> it was the latter. Well, it depends on how you filter. Each person is re, you know, responsible for how they think, feel, the, you know, their emotions. But, you know, each biological container has their own memory codes and their DNA from everybody that came before them to this planet, not to mention everything that they've been before they even came here, not to mention what they did or did not remember coming through the veil, which they agreed to. And by the way, I I actually am a volunteer for the UFO secret space program. Now, the reason I call it UFO secret space is because all the people that were already known in the business as speakers you know, we had to make sure they got out there and did their job and helped Mutual UFO Network and CUFOs and all the different alliances that we had at one time all the way back. And I'm sure you remember all the people, if you've done your homework, uh, all the way back before there was a Linda Moulton Howell or Richard Dolan or uh, any of the people in Ancient Aliens, including yourself, right? So there were a lot of researchers, but there were actually people walking around on the planet, such as, you know, I, I didn't remember until I was taken up at four. And then after that, I died. And when I died in uh, the second grade, then I went out to White Sands. I had uh, relatives in White Sands, so I got to go over there and then go up on the spacecraft there. So I got to not only know multidimensionals, but I got to know in this timeline and this reality, making it so in 3D. So, you know, you talked about robbing the timeline. It's actually not robbed. It's just that some people can't see it. So that's the way I say it because I'm allowed to see it. It's there, so it's not – we haven't been robbed. It's just always been there. It's just that a lot of people are under the veil, and it's in their own mind, uh, honestly. It's, uh, we're, we're working that out right now with philosophers, neuroscientists, 
and a lot of other people uh, in metaphysics and in, in working with uh, languages, you know, uh, around the world. So you going to write these books, I know a lot of my people that are listening that listen to me all the time, they want to know more about esoterics, but at the same time, I didn't know that you were on the ET uh, train or the UFO train or the UAP train. So how did you meet uh, Ruth? Was that through uh, Lorian or Janet? or See, I only know women in the business, so (laughs) who do you know? Yeah, actually, the very first time I met James Rink was at uh, Janet Lesson's conference called Stargate to the Cosmos in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, at the end of 2018. You know how many years I spent marketing that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had a really great time with all the speakers. (laughs) Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah. Oh, I'm amazed. I had no clue. So, are you saying that you didn't even get into this business till you, till you, uh, the, that 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 we began many, 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 many billions of years ago? But you woke or awakened at Janet at our it was ours, mine, hers, and Tommy Hawksblood and Lynn Caston and Apollo and her husband. The first six that started Stargate to the Cosmos right here on TJ Marcy T Radio. April oh, 6th, yeah, yeah, yeah. April well, no, you how I met James Ring. That's where I met him for the first time. No, I had been involved in exopolitical studies, well, really since 1997 when I had okay. those sightings myself. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good thing you brought up. So you met James Ring through in 2018 because I know exactly Correct. October 2018. Now, you met Ken yep. there too, my other – director, right, for the Stargate. Well, I would have met everybody, sure. Yeah, That's Ralph for the full time. Johnson. And that was literally just uh, a few, well, a week and a half before I flew to South America, where I spent the next four months traveling around, visiting all the megaliths in search of uh, the escaped Third Reich Nazis in South America, and driving all the way down to the southernmost city of the world, Ushuaia, Argentina, where I got on a sailboat to Antarctica for 26 days. Now, what year was so that, that? 2019? Well, then that would have rolled into 2019, yeah. So mid-January, we started sail for Antarctica and came back at about mid-February. Now, is that what you're most famous for, or is that just what you've been making the rounds on the radio shows for two years? Was that because well, of the Antarctica? I've been making the rounds with that lately. Yeah, but but really, I've been doing uh, my esoteric guides for uh, almost 10 years now, and I've included a lot of my Antarctica research, including Black Goo, in the new Beyond Esoteric Escaping Prison Planet book. Well, who so started now the I'm Black doing the Goo? Who started, who started that? it? I remember – yeah, Alfred Lambermont Weber. Now, I remember years back in 2006 and seven. When Alfred Lambermont Weber and I were writing for uh, UFO Digest, and we were arguing on my shows uh, between us back and forth, and he came on here, and Alfred said he started Exopolitics, but Michael, I don't know if Michael Sala did or not, but they both used that word. But there was another Alfred, Alfred Lambermont Weber in Africa, 
like there's another Dr. Brad Olson in Flagstaff. <laughs> we so all have our doppelgangers. The black let's, let's, well, so and I, I, don't think either, I don't think either one of them started it. I think it's it, it was actually uh, – well, there's two kinds of black goo. There's, there's one that's indigenous to this planet that is okay. mostly uh, benevolent that doesn't really – uh, infect the human race, but then there was another kind that has been brought down by ETs, well, many thousands of years ago, and it was placed in a repository on a very remote island, really closer to Antarctica than South America or any other place, called South Thule Island. And I've been on an interview with Harold Kotzvela, and I talked to Miles Johnston of the Bases Project, who had a another researcher named David Griffin, and all of us collectively see the uh, Falklands War as really being a disguise for the Brits going down there to take the research station run by the Argentinians away and collect this black goo, where they then brought it up to London to Marconi Laboratories. And in the mid-1980s, when they were trying to backward engineer it and study it and see if it could be used to enhance soldiers, that was one of their intentions, was to try to find some kind of military application. Well, it got loose, and many of the scientists that were working on it died under very mysterious causes. And then it uh, started turning up in the London sewer system. Uh, It's since popped up all over the place. Uh, There's a connection that I make with the Morgellon syndrome in my book, and I just recently got a yeah, I just recently got a correspondence from someone who said that they have some black goo, and they want to get rid of it. She kept saying it's incredibly evil, it's bad, it's poor intention. You see, because it is AI and it is a sentient substance. And this is very well, we difficult had a movie for about people to wrap their head around. Remember yeah. Lucy? The movie Lucy was, you know, most of our movies is actually releasing intel to open sure. source. And so put oh, open source the, intelligence. Uh, X-Files, so many different sci-fi type movies and TV shows feature the black goo. And yeah, you're right. It is a soft disclosure in a way, or predictive programming, giving us little tidbits of the truth, but intertwined in a fictional account so that there's plausible deniability. But well, that's the powers that be definitely know about this. Pardon? Now, what about, do you, did you work with any of the people that talked about the black glue underground? Because in my research back, I mean, many years ago, because I haven't been out of country for since 90 Four was my – after that, they couldn't protect me, so I had to stay in country. But out of country, when we were doing underground, uh, and I could see the crystals, but it was with uh, – the there was some crystals in underground, which you probably discovered down around South America, Venezuela, down in there. Did you go uh, study any of the underground goo that it was uh, in the – Rock, but it wasn't coal, and it wasn't what they put in cell phones. I forget that because that's black too. They mine it in Africa, and Dr. Rick Allen Miller just told me the name of it, and I can't remember it. Do you know what I'm talking about? But it's not that. 
it was a, co- a collection, like you said, of former AI uh, that was left here uh, uh, from another place in space, so to speak. Now, some people thought it came in. Uh, the reason I'm asking this, Brett, is because some thought it came in from other, uh, like uh, whatever they call mirror objects, and they fall to the ground, asteroid types. But no, this was actually in our, in, you know, under the underground, you know. Way deep, sort of like Telos, you know what I'm saying? So these people had the AI underground. So did you do any research on that? Yes, I did. And the base that that was uh, studying the black goo, it was found in an underground base, very old, ancient base. And that is on the island of South Tule Island. Uh, which is uh, in in the South Sandwich Island group of islands, one of the most remote locations of the world, and it's in a perpetual state of frozen. So that okay. is the only safe place to work on the black goo. Once it gets to a warmer location, then it can uh, begin to wreak havoc, in which case it has and it does. Well, the AI that allegedly I – I didn't know we were going to talk about that tonight, but that's not a conspiracy fit. That, I thought that – isn't that fact? Isn't that factual? It's known. It's no longer classified, right, in the world. It's open oh, source. Oh, I think right? it is still classified. That's why you don't really hear much about it anywhere apart from the alternative media. Figured, okay, well, I guess we're talking about movies then, folks, so <laughs> – <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's then, all yeah. about the movies. if you want to call movies declassifying, but uh, <laughs> there's different ways to look at that. That's soft. It's called soft disclosure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you these esoteric books. You are doing research now. Tell me about these three books. Why, of all the extraterrestrial stories out there, esoteric is part of metaphysics. Is part of cosmology. At least I wrote a book called Knowing Cosmology, and then I put under that Ascension Age as the byline or the separate second line, Ascension Age. But I have never promoted any of my books until just recently I decided to come out of my cocoon and stop playing uh, so many different uh, people's places and things with people because uh, each person I met, seem to have a different piece of the puzzle. So I'm going to be looking for your piece of the puzzle. So why three esoteric books? There's got to be a reason. Sure, why sure. Why well, three? The, the quick answer is just there's so much data, so much information that I came across. Originally, it was only going to be one book. But as I was putting together uh, Modern Esoteric, which is book one in the series, and that that looks back to all the antediluvian civilizations, Atlantis, Lemuria, ruins around the world, including under the water, uh, primitive wisdom, and basically getting us up to this modern age. Then realizing that the exopolitical material, ET, UFO research, could be in a book in and of itself, which became Future Esoteric, The Unseen Realms. And then beyond esoteric, I had a couple chapters that just didn't fit in the first two, but I knew there would always be a third book, which took me six years to complete this one. And it then pretty much took a life of its own 
with the three sections that I built the chapters around, and those are neo-fascism, the truth embargo, and Ubermind are the three sections in Beyond Esoteric, each one with uh, seven or eight chapters per section. And each one of those sections could have really been its own book, but I wanted to get this information out. I wanted to make it affordable and accessible to as many people as possible. And so uh, altogether, the whole esoteric series is just under 1,500 pages. That's how much material there is. And it is really a collection of all the subjects that have been withheld from humanity. And I realize that casts a very wide umbrella, but that's how I had so much material to include. 1,500 pages for all three books. So are they averaging 500 pages each? If my math is correct. 480, Modern Esoteric, 416, Future Esoteric, and 480 with Beyond Esoteric. You're a quite quite wordsmith. Pen, pen, you have, I'm just a writer. You're writers, write, folks. This is a bona fide yeah. writer, author, journalist. Uh, what was your we know that you didn't want to go over there to that meeting that they had or the big expo, but tell us again. You went. You've got a degree in broadcast communication journalism. What was it? Uh, English. <laughs> a business marketing and art with the intention at the time I was in college to get into advertising to be a copywriter. So I always wanted to write headlines and and write real jazzy commentary comments and when I was traveling around the world in my 20s I was always keeping a journal and one of those journals then finally led to my very first book called World Stompers a Global Travel Manifesto so I did now a number of other of travel that. books Pardon? where are those where are those oh, books so yeah they they can still be found but the easiest place to find all of my books as well as other authors that I publish is our publishing website cccpublishing.com and there you can read about all the books yeah and I have the uh, Google Books app on each product page so you can actually skim the books and uh, read for free Uh, if you're really broke and you don't have 20 bucks to buy the paper copy or 10 for the ebook then uh, be my guest read it for free off the website Uh, I also have a YouTube channel CCC Publishing or the esoteric series in which I recorded the audiobook chapters and put those up on that YouTube channel. So you can actually listen to the entire audiobook of modern esoteric and future esoteric off this YouTube channel. Off of which YouTube channel? I'm going to write it down. <clears throat> uh, the, the easiest way to search for it is CCC Publishing, the esoteric series. Okay. And my name's Brad Olson. Folks, there you go. Yes, that's a. Now we'd like you to purchase the book if you're a collector like I used to be, and I'd like to be again. <laughs> <laughs> and you also like to have the author sign those type books. And used to be at the events they had writers photograph time, and they were usually about twenty five dollars. And you, I think it's like a twenty dollar book and a five dollar picture. Back in the 80s, I don't know what it is now, 
but uh, if you can get, do you give people the best break you can uh, when you go to these events that we've been talking about and uh, then have yeah, the sure do. And I discount them on the website itself. So uh, if people wanted to get a signed copy, the only way to do it is off of cccpublishing.com or to catch me live at one of these conferences where I sign books and do uh, a three for 50 discount as well. Three for 50. Okay. Now, if I send you 50 bucks when I get paid, will I get uh, (laughs) any discount? (laughs) Oh, for you, TJ, sure. (laughs) We'll make that happen. I can afford 50 bucks to get to know you better and what you've been researching. I don't mind that at all. We'll work that out, folks. So, Now, I would like to know how – what are these people making these days? Because I told you I've never been to a UFO conference, not one. I've only been to you know the sci-fi fiction in uh, Hilton, and that's only because I was asked to. And that was a gentleman that was on the show here that was uh, my uh, co-host. Bill M. Tracer, so he and I wrote a couple of books together, but uh, his was all about AI coming to, you know, coming out, and then he helped me write Teresa of Ascension, and uh, I, I've never even read that book, so I don't even know what's in it, to tell you the truth, but uh, it's about Ascension, folks, you know, that's what I'm about, extraterrestrial Ascension, and well, I guess I didn't want to be about the UFO secret space, I fought it for so many years, and kept it hidden, but uh, now... I guess with Brad, I had no clue, Brad, but I'll be more than happy to, I guess, let's uh, do it. Let's work on something. Maybe you can uh, get some of the – are you good at, uh, like you said, interviewing people that have done this? Because I'll tell you the reality truth. You you aren't going to believe it, but I'll be more than happy to share it with you. I don't know Rink's story. I don't know Jaco's uh, story. I'm trying to envision him as a psychic. I could have swore that he was Marine, but maybe you said maybe SEAL. So I don't know why my brain is thinking he's a Marine unless it's in another reality with me. But okay, so uh, who else did you say? You've met Rink and you've met Jaco and you've talked to me and I'm a commander. I'm 5'11", 235, and at the uh, slimmest, wettest, 3% body fat, I was only 176. And that's the least I've ever been on this planet, ever, 176 when I was 15. So I was tall, lank pencil, all muscle at 176. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you? Let's tell people. You're a gentle giant, aren't you, like Brett Luter? I've got, I've got to pitch Brett Luter for a minute, folks. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little taller than Brett. Of, yeah. Oh, you're taller than Brett? Yeah, six seven. Oh, you are taller now. Is uh, when you stand next to him, what is he? Uh, he's probably about six three. Yeah. Six three. Okay, that's my yeah. My brothers are six three, six four. I think my dad was six three or four. So uh, I was five eleven, but my mother was five nine. So uh, how tall were your parents? Uh, pretty average height. My dad a little over average, about six three. But I found out I have a grandfather who is real, a great grandfather who came over from Norway who is really tall. So it's probably one of those uh, regressive gene things. Catch it from oh, a you know great Norway. grandparent. Yeah. I, you know, I think I my maiden name. Did yeah. you see my maiden name is Thurman? 
That means Thor's protection. There you go. Right. That's how I got to know about the Corso, Philip Corso's story with Strom Thurmond, calling me to go into the, I guess, the secret space program, as you call it. I just hate that name, I swear to God. And in 85, I was rehired again to do uh, Star Wars for Reagan. But I didn't meet the man that did the 20 and back till 95, and we repelled each other. That was Tom. That's the one that talked with Stanton Friedman and me, you know, and uh, took me to Roswell and took me to meet uh, Glenn Dennis. You remember Glenn? Oh, did you ever go to the uh, old timers or meet any of them back in the 80s or 90s or back during uh, when we had the uh, Phoenix Lights? Were you involved in any of that? Well, I certainly uh, know about it and have met a okay. few people that saw the Phoenix Lights, but I, I wasn't down okay. in Arizona at the time to see it. Okay. Where were you? That was March 13th. Where yeah, I would you? have been in uh, San Francisco, California. San Francisco. Okay. All right. Well, let's Did see. you We've know that, several... that that I was crowd, there, yeah. that was witnessed by uh, hundreds of thousands of people in Phoenix as well uh-huh. as going due north up towards the Verde Valley where Camp Verde and Sedona is. By the time it got to Flagstaff, it was witnessed as making a sharp left turn due west. And if you were to look at a map, what is due west in southern Nevada is Area 51. And that's uh-huh. pretty much where uh, nobody saw it ever since then. So yeah, there is some too. debate whether that could be a CR-3B, one of our crafts, backward engineered yeah. triangular craft, or perhaps extraterrestrial. Yeah. Yeah, it was larger than a TR-3B, trust me. I know that one. Well, okay. uh, so so what, uh, what can we do with you and your wide audience range that you've got three esoteric books? Now, are you going to be teaching? Because I've got a lot of people – individuals that I've not they know they've been waiting for years and years and years I have people back in the 2000s and I'm just now seeing that Google and Facebook and everybody is starting to zinc all my pages together and all my Facebook groups together so let's say once I start talking and owning my reality with people like yourself that I didn't know you were into all that I don't know how we missed it but uh, I don't know. But I don't have any of our Revolution Radio stories with you and me on them. Uh, Mike died, and I didn't have the pin number. And uh, anyway, that's it's all gone. So we're having to start all over again, Brad. Uh, now I hope yeah. you've got anything you've done in the past. Uh, have you kept all your stories in one place or on a thumb drive? Because folks, I must strongly encourage you to keep all your podcast, everything you're doing, because. Don't think it's going to be kept in cyberspace just because you hear they're keeping everything in the mountain. <laughs> but if you want to keep a That's copy, right. please. Now, this will be here for Brad and for myself, and as long as I pay the bill, which I've been paying it since 2012 for Stargate to the Cosmos for eight years to build that up. Well, 12 to 2018, so six years. And then now you came on back in the Alien Contact Org in 2015. I know before 2015, right? Because you said you've been around. When, uh, when did you meet James? Oh, you didn't meet James Rink till 2018. At the, at the, the reason I wasn't there was my daughter had 
passed, and uh, uh, well, she was not quite, I don't think, because she she died March twenty, March fifteenth, twenty nineteen. But on the record, after midnight, it was twenty March sixteenth. But she had uh, she was extraterrestrial as well and had memories and worked in the space program and came in knowing all of that, but. They uh, brought them, some people over from down in South America, Norway, as well. I worked with the Nordics, what's called the Nordics folks, and a lot of y'all know that already because it's been covered here on the show, but I don't think Brad knows. So Brad doesn't know a lot of what you guys know because when you're out there researching and you're a world traveler and he's like an Indiana Jones, you don't keep up with everybody else's stories. It's just impossible. And I thought I was keeping up with Brad pretty good, but now I realize you can think you hear – people here and there, maybe like he was on Brett Terry Cassidy, right? You were on Terry Cassidy. I saw part of oh, that show. Times. Yeah, Carrie's now, a good friend of mine. Oh, is she? Now, how did you meet Carrie Cassidy? Because that's a good name with Dr. Richard Allen Miller. He liked Carrie, too. Sure. Well, uh, of course, I've known about her work with Project Camelot, and I've met Bill Ryan, too, at UFO Megacon a few years ago. Uh, but Carrie, well, she was speaking there that year. She was interviewing John Lear, and uh, I introduced myself and asked a question to John Lear and had uh, seen her at another conference a few years earlier. And so she was John really, Lear? Uh, to the, yeah, I was at that same conference and asked a question of him and he ah. answered it that's not really shaking hands and saying we met each other but he <laughs> saw me there and answered my question okay well travis it was a he's a scientist i see him on he wanted to go learn about that uh ranch out there and i told him to i told him how to get uh, he was on one of the panels and at the mid-south kind i told him how to he didn't know how to do it i said well just call History. I said, well, call Prometheus Entertainment and tell him you want to be involved. So he's on on there all the time now. He was real interested in that Skinwalker Ranch, you know. Now, yeah, John Lear, tell people tell people who we're talking about because you can find Travis on the Skinwalker Ranch videos. But tell them about John Lear because I like John. And John uh, stopped doing radio shows, folks. But he uh, Janet got him one day. We we're supposed to get him, and I don't know why I, she didn't call me, but John Lear. So tell them who John is, because he was a MUFON well, pilot. Well, John Lear was the uh, son of the founder of the Lear Jets, and he himself is a very accomplished pilot and, and flew for the CIA on many covert missions, including many things rela- related to uh, UFOs and ETs. He's been to Nellis Air Force Base, where Area 51 is, many times been into underground bases. He now lives uh, just outside of Las Vegas. So he's very privy to the tunnel system and people that work on the base. And in fact, he I was one he was of the... Uh, house. Did he not sell his little ranch house out there? He did sell his house. Now he lives outside of Henderson, I believe. Okay. Uh, he was one of the original uh, whistleblowers along with Bob Lazar in the 1980s when Bob Lazar was taking people out to the black mailbox and uh, John Lear was with them and they were watching all the experimental flights on a Wednesday night. 
until they got caught up there at Freedom Ridge and got kicked out and uh, got in a bit of trouble. And then that's when Bob Lazar broke the story with George Knapp, who is still a reporter at KLAS in Las Vegas. And in fact, George Knapp was the first time I was on Coast to Coast. He was the host and he did uh, a book review of both modern esoteric and future esoteric on Coast to Coast. So I owe a, a deep debt of gratitude to George Knapp, who I met at uh, the UFO mega conference last year, and we did some interviews together. And uh, he was uh, certainly remembers me and uh, my books. And um, so it, it, for me, it's just been such an honor and privilege to be in this uh, close company of some of the pioneers of UFO research, uh, including bet. some who, yeah, either retired or passed away, like Stanton Friedman, uh, to to have the opportunity to speak to some of these gentlemen or hear them give their live Did presentation. You meet Stanton? And, Did, well, you meet I, I met him at Contact the Desert. We had a table right next to each other, and uh, wow, <laughs> and I called him an OG which is uh, original gangsta right. sort of uh, ghetto talk. I go, oh, Stan, you're, you're amazing to meet. You're, you're like a UFO research OG. And he, and he laughed and he goes, ha, 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 OG. <laughs> he got the job. How old was he when he passed? Was he 92? How old was he? 89, I, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, he was getting up there. Now tell people who Stan is because you're just a historian, researcher, author, you know, organizer. You're like me. You do it all. There's not too much you haven't already done. But tell them who Stan right. is. Well, he came out of, uh, I believe, an astrophysics profession, and he was one of the uh, first people to review some of the MJ-12 documents that came out in right. the 1980s. And really put his career uh, out on a limb to, to, to declare these documents as genuine. And he went on many uh, author speaking tours and wrote several books on the subject and pretty much redirected his career towards this kind of research. So that was he a great loss. He wanted my copy. Stan wanted my copy. Do you have a copy of I did. My husband and I did. Sure did. Wow. How'd you get it? Now, how do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, I could have a number of answers. I don't know, but acquired it somehow or through the programs? My husband and I were, remember the program that I told you about? Yeah. We were the real deal. Yeah. I, I was in from 67 at NASA. And uh, back in 67, a lot of stuff. You'll put the story together. If you'll run a story from NASA 67 and find out who all was there in 67 and then how we put together Star Wars in 85 and then how we put together the secret space program, which is the real one, which is Space Force, which has already been out there, you'll find out about Bill Tompkins. I'll show you sometime a picture my husband drew of some of the spacecraft in space. it's actually on uh, YouTube. I show it, uh, but I'm showing it right before my daughter dies in her honor with uh, here in Gulf Breeze because I was taken up here in Gulf Breeze, and you know the helicopters would come around. <laughs> but I'm the oh, real Gulf deal, Breeze, so. yeah. 
Have you seen yeah. the lights out there? I'm sure you must have. The famous gold green lights. What I'm <laughs> There's a, a bad story that happened a long time ago. Before uh, I was on the telephone a long time ago about Gulf Breeze with extraterrestrials, realists, you know, people that I worked with that I didn't know I was working with. And then the story got started down here before I ever got here. But they made sure I got here uh, when I did. But I went ahead and approved Dr. Stephen – what's his name? Greer. Remember Dr. Stephen Greer? Sure. Yeah, this this was way before – this was before that with Dr. Bruce McAbee. Dr. Bruce McAbee did the original investigation. Now, he is – he was in our group before you did Stargate, okay? He was in our – he actually started after UFO. Stanton Friedman and me started UFO, the real underground UFO association that knows the truth. Me and Dr. Bruce McAbee started the original alien ACO, Alien Contact Organization, right here on this radio station. This radio station, Stan started this radio station with me. No way. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, back he, uh, he got with me many, many times because, see, he and I met in 76. I was a kid. So I was like uh, Navy at midnight, the one that came in the van to see. Uh, it's like uh, J. Allen Hynek stories. If you ever watched, did you ever catch uh, yeah. that on History Channel? Sure. I haven't caught it yet. I've caught one piece of it, but my my sister called and said, uh, "I guess I, we owe you an apology." I said, "What?" Thinking because they thought I was crazy my entire life. <laughs> they yeah. knew better, but that's part of them always thought because I I wasn't into UFOs as a child. My brother was, but I was out doing the job. So yeah, I met J. Allen Hynek in space in a jet, not a space, not a UFO, but a jet. Wow. Yeah. You, See, you I never be, knew all not, this about you, TJ. You have got, quite a resume. You, of, you, uh, nobody knows out. because nobody's ever asked, and I've, I've, I've left little Easter eggs in my books and in my radio shows and my YouTubes, and that's the way it was supposed to be. It's called soft disclosure. I've been actively involved in this reality since '67. I was recruited by the government, you bet, 50 years. So I wasn't even really trying to pull it all together, although Janet was like pulling teeth. Janet Carol Lesson was so hungry to pull it all together, you know, but I didn't like the way they were pulling it together for the uh, trying to make us like enemies, like baby killers or something. She's really mad at me right now about saying, you know, my husband was an assassin. So people may be nice to you when they're trying to get the story and then they turn on you. So, you know, what happens is the mind is a really funny place to be when you're in the meat suit, right? So you yeah. may have all the information, but people want it the way they want to hear it. And if they don't hear it and they have biases, it becomes turned around. So I've learned to just be open and loving and caring and giving, and I think that's why you're here, Brad, because you are the gentle giant. And Now tell me, have you gotten into – the uh, Yeti, because there were Yeti back in one of the old stories up on the Himalayan mountains. 
And uh, I have a story about that, too, coming and going. Are you familiar with the Yeti? Well, sure. Uh, well, of course, yeah. And well, I've, tell people I've what you in know. The Himalayas. I spent a month in Nepal trekking around, and I've uh, been to Kachinjunga, which is in Sakim province of India, and that's also reported home of the abdominal snowman Yeti. Of course, up here in Northern California, where I'm at, what is your college? Bigfoot country. What is abdominal your college? snowman. The big white guy. You know the story yeah. about that, don't you? Did you ever do any research up there while you were in Nepal or go up there and talk to them about why they put the flags or who the Yeti really are in the UFO or ET business? Well, at the time I was there in uh, 1993, I did not. I was just traveling through and around only to find out later that this is another Bigfoot hotspot area, although they, of course, call it Yeti or <laughs> Abominable Snowman. But up That's here right. in Northern California, especially around the Mount Shasta and Trinity Mountain area far north of California, that too is uh, the Bigfoot range. And these mountains are very steep in Northern California too. And that's the perfect kind of terrain where Bigfoot is said to uh, be found because it's so hard to get through this terrain to be able to find out where they come from. Uh, I do cover Bigfoot in future esoteric in a cryptozoology chapter. So I'm very familiar with all the many various forms it takes and um, it could very well be a interdimensional creature as well. It has been seen coming and going in the Skinwalker Ranch. And by coming and going, I should say that uh, that is through a, a stargate of sorts. And this has been witnessed and as well as uh, photographed where cryptoids come in and out of this stargate on the Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, uh, including Bigfoot itself. So if it's daytime, the background of the stargate appears as night. If it's at nighttime, the background appears as in day. And they literally step through this stargate, get down on the ground, and then go running off. Um, But there is something to that location. And I did was able to spend some time two nights on the adjacent land which is above overlooking the Skinwalker Ranch a couple summers ago. In fact, I'm going to plan on going back there again this summer to have another uh, night watch when apparently most of these real strange things happen. If you can get the military, well, they won't let you play, I guess, but the military sets up the four-post interdimensional. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure I want to get the military involved, but uh, they certainly have knowledge of this location. Uh, as you may know, TJ, Skinwalker Ranch was owned by uh, Bigelow for a period of time, who did Bigelow um, Aerospace. And their logo yeah. for Bigelow Aerospace is a gray alien. Yeah, yeah, we can talk all now. Now, in 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 defense of gray aliens, there's all types, all kinds, just like humans. So right. be kind, okay? So, you know, we only have so many rules on the uh, on this planet, and one of them is if you don't 
can't help something, you don't want to hurt it. So please don't hurt my gray friends, folks. They're just because they look different, okay? And I want I want you to know that, you know, I'm walking around in this large Nordic body like a huge Yeti woman, but uh, my relatives, my grandmother was like five feet on my mother's side. She's a little tiny lady. So by the time I was like eight, nine years old, I was taller than her. <laughs> and my grandmother was small. Mother, but my, I don't know, mother got her height from the, I think, the uh, UK and the uh, – People, the Boltons on her side, her father's side. So uh, I'm a really tall person. Now let me ask you about what else you know then about all of this. Bigelow, Robert Bigelow. And now he's, folks, he's got a lot of money. He had, he. Uh, do you, you want you tell the story? You you brought up Bigelow, so you you tell the story. Tell people who he is, well, please. Sure. So he, he started out as a real estate developer. He still does that. He became very wealthy, as you say, off of building these giant apartment blocks in Las Vegas and other growing cities. He's done very well. He was on 60 Minutes with uh, Laura Croft, and he outlined his interest in uh, Bigelow Aerospace. And pretty much said, yeah, we're not alone, and they're here, and they're watching us. There was a period of time when all UFO sightings didn't go to the Air Force, didn't go to the FAA, didn't go to any military branch. They went to Bigelow Aerospace, and he was tasked at collecting all of these uh, reports of UFO sightings which is pretty interesting, but I think it was because the military until very recently wouldn't admit it and just didn't want to have the burden of collecting all these reports. So they passed them on to Bigelow. Well, also in his interest in the paranormal for a period of time, he owned the Skinwalker Ranch and uh, set up quite a few of the viewing platforms that are still there today. Uh, there's a very popular History Channel show about the Skinwalker Ranch and the current caretakers. Uh, also owned now, Bigelow sold it to another billionaire who um, has tasked this group to continue the paranormal studies. So from most accounts, Bigelow seems like a pretty good guy. He doesn't do many interviews. Uh, Jesse Ventura from Conspiracy Theory kind of did a uh, – guerrilla journalist approach found him speaking at uh, I think a real estate conference and then kind of coordinated him with a camera crew and got some things out of him but he's been very elusive a very uh, enigmatic personality but the fact that he's very involved in aerospace and studying the paranormal should really be a clue that this is uh, one of the I would say one of the good billionaires out there who's actually spending his money on uh, worthwhile causes that could actually help advance our understanding of exopolitical world and issues. Richard Branson, Elon Musk, I guess we'll put Robert Bigelow up there too. And who is this new yep. millionaire or billionaire or trillionaire? I don't know who's the one you're talking about that owns – Skinwalker Ranch. He has sold it. You said he sold it to another billionaire. So I, yeah, I, and he. I haven't tracked he wants that. To remain nameless, I don't think I, oh. I want to name that person. <laughs> oh, I see. But do you know who it is? 
Uh, I know who he is and what he does, but uh, I, I prefer not to say. Oh, okay. So you're going to keep a secret from us. Huh? Well, if, but I, that's all- if I'm told to do that, I'll do that. I respect people's right to privacy. Well, okay. So do you have a degree in journalism or you just have worked as a journalist? Because I'm a member of SPJ, Society of Public of uh, Professional Journalists. Which is like well, no, a bad I told word. you I'm a, I'm a marketing I'm a marketing major, business marketing. But uh, the way I was angling myself in college was to be an author, to be a writer, copywriter. Yeah. Well, I respect you. No, I've got you know I've got assured confidential investigative reports, and if there's anything I could do, was keep a secret. But at the same time, I've I've got unified into Jay Allen Hynek saying you know well. You know, we need to be unified here and get the information out. But I've been just as guilty because what it is, to be honest with you, after you go through all this stuff, you can't confirm or deny either knowing anything classified, right? Because you just – I mean, unless it's in front of me, <laughs> and you're not allowed to see it very long, and I've worked in those vaults. You know what I'm saying? So I had one of those receipts just like Bob Lazar had, same year. Matter of fact, look just like it. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think so. I did well, a you're more an OG too, months. TJ. <laughs> you're an original <laughs> gangster and all this too. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, most of the guys that are really, they'd never tell you. Even George Filer knows. He used to call me. He's got Filer's files, but bless his heart. Uh, a lot of them have passed already, but yeah, the ones that came out and tried to nail me uh, died not too long after they interviewed me. So that's wow. what happened there. Yeah, it was pretty bad. They were really uh, see. I was like a woman in black. So I had a college kid put that out in California. I guess uh, he was the only one that could get this story back in 2011 or so. He found me uh, on UFO Digest. Yes, some of the stuff I put in writing for Canada. When I was, uh, I had to go up to Canada a lot. Canada uh, had me two or three times. They were, oh man, my country, the USA was ripping through all my stuff coming back in from Canada like I was a drug smuggler or something. <laughs> so you have you have a lot of different ways that you can be uh, utilized by this world and it's amazing when you put the stories together but I would I, I don't know Rink's story or Jaco's story or Potter's story who else is considered uh, is Potter he's not in the space program the real one is he was he Potter no he's Potter? not no he's he's a contactee so he has been in contact with oh various the only one most the only one particularly I can confirm the the only one I can confirm in my program in military, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say a name that you probably don't like. You're either pro or yes, but it's the way he internalized what he was seeing is Corey Good. Oh, wait. No. Right. Now I've met no. Corey, and he, no, 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 he no, is no, very not compelling. Corey Good. Not Corey Good. Emory Smith, right? Emory Smith. I know Emory, too. Yep. Yep. One of them sure. was uh, Texas National Guard or something, and I don't remember which one because that's been years ago, years and years ago. But Corey, I see him on LinkedIn, but he went uh, commercial entertainment and uh, 
because he had so many people following the, his uh, interpretation of the blue beings or several beings, right? So uh, yeah. I think he's commercialized that. And so then wasn't there something with Veronica and the uh, contact in the desert? Something happened between them and David and Corey and Emery, I guess, over that uh, Gaia TV contract, if I remember correctly, but I didn't get into it. Did you investigate or research or do anything journalistic on uh, what happened with all of that? Oh, I'm, I'm very privy. I know it, it's uh, going on right now in court, actually, as we speak. I'm not reporting on it. I make okay. it very clear that I don't take sides. I don't right. uh, support one or the other, and for very good reason, because it usually comes around and nips you in the butt one way or another. But oh, I'm, that's I'm very Jay, uh, White, Jay Whiteman. Now these are people I don't know, folks. I, I've never met uh, David Wilcock. I've never met Corey Good. I've never met Emery Smith. I've never met Veronica, if that's her name, or Victoria. Excuse me, is it Victoria? Yeah. Not contacted. Now she contacted me because I have a radio show, Victoria. And I've never met Bob Brown, uh, island pilot, right, uh, out there in Laughlin. But he's on my list of uh, ACO, invest, not investigators. He's an organizer. But he uh, he worked with somebody I knew back in the day when I was in Vegas going in and out of military complexes. <laughs> we'll say it like that. <laughs> Right, so right. people don't know whether to believe me or not, and that's the way it's meant to be. And that's why it's soft disclosure so hard to know what's real and what's not. And I believe that's the way it is and why we do the movies. That's why I think you're going to be good at this because you've already been out there. You have been able to get yourself out there in the public eye as a journalist, researcher, Indiana Jones explorer. Which one do you think, if you had to choose – would you like explorer more, or researcher, or if I had to choose one word for a television show or for a series for uh, esoteric? Because I pushed paranormal for years, and I pushed UFO. What would you think would be the next big cutting edge? Well, I do explore a lot of Earth mysteries because I have traveled to these locations. As far as I know, I'm the only researcher in this field who's actually been down to Antarctica. So, okay. uh, yeah, I guess you could say explore, but it, it's beyond that because I'm also an investigative journalist in this field as well. But uh, combined with the amount of places I've traveled to as well as uh, the amount of books I've written, now 10 books, um, kind of lumps me into that uh, – explorer researcher category but since i'm i get along with everybody and i don't take sides and i don't gossip about people that uh, and if i'm told to keep something secret i do then uh people put their trust in me too and you were asking about other people that. in the secret uh -huh. space program yeah and i i know all the people you mentioned of course victoria just spoke to her on the phone with contact in the deserts coming up uh, Bob Brown, who I spoke at UFO Mega Conference last year, met him. Are you going to do his, uh, do his this year? Because Ronnie Dawson, he contacted Ronnie on my show. Ronnie Dawson's going to be speaking there. I don't well, know. Well, I think Ronnie... they uh, they skip speakers. They want to keep original 
speakers oh, every year. So every other I could year. be back next year. Yeah. Yeah, they usually What about Ozark? Uh, are they keeping the Ozark going after uh, Dolores Cannon died? I don't even know. I haven't spoke to her daughter. I, I for don't know about that. Two or three years. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Ozark. Yeah, well, mostly Richard. do West Coast. Oh. But okay. uh, there's also Captain Randy Kramer, who I'm in contact with. Uh, he he came out of the Secret Space program. Um, Penny Bradley, who is out of the German Secret Space program called Nachtwaffen. I'm close with her. Really? And she's yeah, been on some been on of my, my panels. Show. Yep, yep. Randy yeah, and so it's Andy great that a lot together. of these, Yeah, it's great that a lot of these uh, people are coming out now and speaking their truth because this is very important. And what I find really compelling about all the testimonies of people who come out of the Secret Space program, they all corroborate each other. In fact, I, I often see them speaking after the panel or during the conference when they're not on stage, comparing notes and becoming really good <laughs> friends and contacts with each other. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a support group that they like to find <laughs> each other and then, sure, and then really? stay in touch. <laughs> it may be something I'd like then. I thought everybody would be standoffish because uh, Janet pretty much put it in my mind that I scare people. Of course, I'm a big person, a big personality when I walk in the room, right? Anyway. She said I had a lot of Shakti, what she call it? I forgot what she called it. But anyway, Shakti put or Shakti something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm more of a, a yogi type, but I do uh, Kriya yoga is my thing, Kriya yoga. So tell us about your lifestyle before we get off the phone here because uh, we've only got about 14 minutes, according to my, if this is working properly. If uh, VoxNest has me properly on air, it says live on air. You know, my my board looks good. I really apologize to you, Brad. And you know I want to have you back, and I want to do some really good videos for you. Uh, you're such a nice-looking gentleman, and we we won't hold our looks forever. I've lost a lot of mine. Yeah. I've gotten so old. <laughs> old gray-haired lady. I'm the lady telling the story from – like on the Titanic at the end, you know, <laughs> the old lady <laughs> telling her story. That's that's the way it was planned, and I'm looking forward to it. So that's why I haven't been to any of these uh, so-called uh, UFO events. So I had people asking me why I wouldn't come, and I, it wasn't my time. I had to wait, right? So, oh, did you meet uh, what's that other guy? Uh, the one in uh, what is that show? There was uh, Richard uh, Richard Dolan. What's the other Richard Doty? Richard Doty. Did you the Air Richard Force? Richard Doty. Yeah, I had dinner with him a few months ago. Last time I was in Boulder, Colorado, at the uh, Gaia Studios. Really? I had dinner with Richard Doty and uh, our producer Sid Goldberg. And he's Sid great, Goldberg. man. We have Where this do little... I know that name? Oh, my God, Sid Goldberg. I know that name. Where do I know that name from? I don't know anything well, he, about he, Gaia. Yeah, he won a couple Emmy Awards in television, and now he's one of the senior producers at Gaia TV. And well, he a good friend Gaia of mine, he wrote. Is, is he a director? Yeah. He's well, a producer, so he'll, he'll bring Goldberg everybody is? together. I'll be done. What? Yeah. Sid Goldberg? Yeah. 
I wonder if I wonder if he knew. Uh, you think he knows uh, Brian Grazer? Brian is it Grazer? Ron Howard uh, Entertainment. I've been their oh, office when man. I was in an office in California with an attorney there. I was the uh, psychic for a lot of people over there while I was uh, living in Hawaii being Miss Psychic. You miss Ascension, you know, Psychic. That's when I did Michael Jackson in 93, right? Stan Lee and all that. I've got stories you won't believe. They're really good stories, too. I can't wait to put them all together. We're going to put them together for the yeah. right channel, though, because everybody's live yeah, streaming now, right? Now, you're yeah, going to be you doing know, this, Brad, right? You're going to be doing this. You're I will. Together. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get together with Brett Luter, and, and he'll also be up at the Mount Shasta Summer Conference, too. He's written really? books about uh, Tellos. Oh, yeah. All the more reason you should try to join us, TJ. Well, I would love to, but I'm down here in the south of you know Florida on a retired fixed income. I'm old now. I'm 70 years old. And this reality, so I have to figure out how to make this body, you know, do Kriya Yoga so I can just <laughs> perform on a regular basis. But money, money is the root of all evil, but it also is the vehicle of what they use on this planet. And where I come from, we don't use money, so it's really hard. I still go up and try to talk to the microwave, and it won't talk back to me. Now, I'm learning <laughs> how we're going to be doing that, though, so... But remember now, we've still got the space program, so don't let anybody get you on the fight, flight, or freeze, or fear. You know, Don't go into the F about that. You be positive and be on the unified story with uh, – what was his name? Uh, the one that outed uh, the, uh, Val Thor. It was, uh, George Adamski outed him as a plant by the government. Remember George Adamski's story? He outed Val Thor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, Val Thor was very well liked and thought of, good looking, looked like a movie star and all that, and uh, everybody thought he was the real deal. And when I heard the story, I wanted to believe it too. But see, I already had my story going on, but I had to go from the first hand experiences I was having with my group, which was above uh, my husband and I worked Galaxy or Universal shuttles, right? So we had to work above the galaxies. So we had the one of the quadrants with the Andromeda Galaxy and the Milky Way Galaxy. So that was our charge. So that's why somehow when I started writing for UFO Digest in 2006 or seven, that's how people started relating me. And the guy that died, my producer, Dick Vanderplug, publisher, excuse me, he, uh, he didn't understand how I talked Andromeda and never heard of Alex Collier. So he's the one that kept telling me I'd have to call, I'd call up there and it'd be like eighty dollar phone call for him or Stan. Stan was up there too. It's very expensive to talk to Stan or Dirk Vanderplug, but he didn't understand. So that Alex Collier name was who I didn't know who Alex was, but once I saw him, I swore we were we were together in a past life. We were married. I'm like, what the heck are we doing on this planet? You know, together, and he's over there, and I'm over here. Now, you didn't answer my question. Do you follow debris? Debris, as far as when uh, there's a possible crash and people try to head over there. Uh, no, because by the time you get there, it's all pretty much gone. There's not much to see, counters and other tools to try to measure 
if there's anything, any residue. But uh, for the most part, no. But I, I've been to famous sites like Aztec, New Mexico, and uh, we did a sky watch outside of Kingman, Arizona, not too long ago with some night vision goggles. I've, I've done a, a couple night watches in Rachel, Nevada, overlooking Area 51, including with Michael Jaco last March. Um, and, you know, I go to travel quite a bit. I prefer to go to paranormal hotspots and do night watches and put yourself in the right place, and you might see what you're looking for. Other times you don't see anything, but you have a good time uh, by the campfire and talking to the other people you're with. Now, I I was SEAL Team 8 area. I was SEAL Team 8, so I've got the SEAL Team 8 tattoo when they got drunk. But they made me put my tattoo on in uh, Dayton, Ohio, about the extraterrestrials. So I did that at uh, Dayton, Ohio. Right, Patterson? yeah, right, Patterson. While I was there, with that's where there that's where all the debris went, you know, including uh, aliens that were in storage vats filled with liquid. And the the famous story is Jackie Gleason from the Honeymooners. He was in really Florida. into he was really into exopolitics and ET studies, and he was friends with Richard Nixon, and he pleaded with Nixon, show me an alien body. And Nixon took him to Wright-Patterson and showed him these vats that are stored in an underground base there and really? reportedly blew his mind. Yeah. You're sure that that's the story and it wasn't dealing with Jackie Gleason in Florida? He took him to Wright-Patterson or did he take him down here in Florida? I, I, the way I recall it was Wright-Pat that well, you may be right. Nixon took him to. Yeah. Interesting. And that is I don't know the story. With, uh, with all research debris, including, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Kandahar Giants, but I have an account of that in my book, Beyond Esoteric, in a chapter about suppressed human origins. But the Kandahar Giant, which Michael Jaco knew about, he's SEAL Team 6, first-hand accounts of other soldiers that were involved in that altercation, taking down this massive human-like giant in a cave outside of Kandahar, Afghanistan. Where did they take the body? Wright Patterson. Well, you know, Dr. Richard Allen Miller was training some of the, the young guys to get entering SEAL before in the beginning SEALs. But then when I went, I was a rehire a woman's team, Sierra Mariner program, and they went ahead and let me take all the tests, including going out to Ford Island to be a, a woman's SEAL team member. But I don't know. Do they, they still don't let women on the SEAL team yet, do they? I guess I failed. <laughs> I don't know. I was told I did good. I never failed anything in the military. <laughs> so they didn't have women, by the way. I don't think they still do. I'm wearing a third seventh on my right now. You know what? Oh, okay. That's for my husband. He was third and seventh Army paratrooper, so he did sixteen different things. But he was uh, the one that came down that got to work. Now he told me about over in the uh, when the same thing where Alex Collier and I. But Alex Collier worked on his own people, but his I was at M31. Now my husband and I worked 
let's see, Hangar 13, Hangar, and then when I was in Hawaii, we talked about things, and then that gets on, uh, he and I went over to Colorado, so these stories are going to be all mixed up, Brad, but if you can track them, and I'll give you some of the stories of the real deal, I don't know, we need to Name them something different because I don't know all these other guys' stories, but I think Jayco's a baby compared to me. I'm going to be 70 this year. So he, uh, see, I was 67 till 85. Rehar went May 10th, 87, exactly how many years later? 77. 20 years later, they brought me back in, and I had some missing time because uh, when they brought me back, we were only supposed to be gone. Well, you go 20 years, but when you come back, you're missing 15 seconds. They can't put back due to gravity, time, and space. And I wrote about all that years and years ago. A lot of people read my stuff, and it became reality in this, in our mythology and folklore and uh, ufology. Now, we have Alien Contact Org for all the alienologists. Have you studied all the types of aliens that they talk about on this planet? Well, sure, I have, and I do include them in uh, my book, Future Esoteric, in a chapter called EBEs, Extraterrestrial Biological Entities, which is the government term for aliens collectively. Some can look very much like humans. You wouldn't even be able to tell them apart in a crowd. Others, of course, are the common gray aliens that we've seen so often, but many different species of gray aliens. And you, of course, have the reptilian-type species, the Draco, which I could make an argument are the real generals, the real controllers of planet Earth. Uh, and then you have some very exotic-looking ones that, that have uh, cat heads or bird heads or insectoid. And then that kind of gives some insight into what the Egyptians were carving. Because remember, many of their... Uh, Hieroglyphs include a human body with uh, all these animal-type heads. Well, when you include them in this exopolitical umbrella, you see that there are many animal-type species that became bipedal but kept on the characteristic of, say, their canine lineage, just as humans retain their uh, ape-like lineage in the way we appear. So when you know, we, when Billy, we Carson, at, Billy Carson yeah, handles that story. Billy. He went to Egypt. Now, how did you meet yep. Billy? I met him in 2017. Now, I didn't consider that a UFO conference. It was called Mars. It was called the Mars Yeah, conference. I met Billy at uh, Contact in the Desert in uh, 2019. He had a table okay, across mine. I walked over and introduced myself, and we traded books with each other, and I read his uh, – Emerald Tablets book. It's really good. And okay. uh, Billy, Billy's a very accomplished young man. Happy for him. Yeah, he's been on this show. He's a very good speaker and changed a lot in his reality. He was taller than me. I had to look up to him when he was at – I met him at USA, the University of Southern Alabama, with Lewis Reinhardt and Andrew Bashago. You know who Andrew Bashago is? I've met Andy? Andrew Bashago, yeah. Yeah, I know Andrew. <laughs> yeah, he's he a guy. He's taller than I thought he'd be. Andrew Bashago is short. 
No, he's about six foot. At least no. five ten. No. I remember. Oh, I towered over Andrew Bishago. He's a short guy. He may be five uh, nine. Uh, but people like you and me. All right, yeah. so if I'm <laughs> well, with you and I'm wearing my boots, I'd be about six two. You'd still have five inches on me. <laughs> there you go. What a size that'll be. Well, I'm looking forward to working, doing whatever we're supposed to do, but I think it's all in the extraterrestrial hands. So you must be one of the unifiers, the benevolent, because, you know, we're the, supposed to be the gatekeepers and the scribes, the historians, and getting the stories right. So let's get our facts straight, folks, and we'll get back to you on the Jackie Gleason. It may have been both places. It may have been Florida and Dayton because they, they had money, and they could go in their cabs or get on a jet and go wherever they wanted back in that, that time. So who knows? Maybe we're both right. Maybe it was Florida and Dayton. Well, it's telling me that we have got to get off of here. Brad, when when do you want to do something with Brett? Because Brett said uh, we need to get with him so we can all three do something. I don't know what that's about, but that's going to be interesting. And then also some videos and live streaming. And get now. Uh, do you have your? Do you have a regular radio show or no? You right? Not now? anymore. I stopped doing that when I went to South America. But yeah, let's let's get together with Brett. That'll be a great show. Maybe uh, in the coming weeks before the Mount Shasta Summer Conference, and we can do a profile on Mount Shasta. Hellos. Well, you're welcome to do a show here anytime you get ready, or if you want to do a weekly, I'll be more than happy to sponsor you right here. Or if you want to get your uh, YouTube running back, is your YouTube running back up? You got all your oh, it's back uh, up. I've been uh, kind of quiet there while the whole uh, censorship thing's been coming down on a lot of my colleagues. I've just been sticking with uh, my books and doing other interviews. Where do you stand with Robert David Steele and all his – he's put together millions. Have – you know him? He's a friend of Kerry Cassidy's. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of my Facebook friends. I haven't met him yet, but he's on tour right now with Sacha Stone and some others. So, okay. Uh, what about yeah. Simon Parks? Did Simon Parks ever leave UK and come to Arizona? No, no. They're they're under a real bad lockdown like Canada right now. I don't think uh, Simon can leave right now. So he's still there. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know these people, folks. I, I've never met them, but I know they're in Brad's arena because uh, – you're friends with Carrie Cassidy, so and Richard Allen, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, who is in the publishing business. Now, Brad's got a publishing company. I've got one, and we need to get your uh, authors. I'll be more than happy to interview them, Brad. And uh, like I said, if you've got time, anytime weekly, uh, is Fridays good for you, or do you usually date Emily, or what do you do? Uh, yeah, it depends. I, I have a pretty busy schedule this summer. I'm traveling quite a bit, but uh, we'll figure it out. We'll find a, a date, especially that one with uh, Brett. That'll be a great okay. show. Okay. Yeah, Brett Luter. Apparently, you guys got something in common besides your height, and you guys are both into the esoteric world, and I'm going to put together this guide for both of you guys, and I guess we'll just do the metaphysical cosmology cosmology, esoterics, and I've got a mystic. you know any mystics, oracles, psychic sages, seers, or shaman out there that want to go into the Ascension Master business? Because I'm recruiting since Harold died. Yeah. Oh, did you know Harold? Did you know my friend Harold? 
Harold Kotzvela or Harold who? He, I don't know his last name. Uh, I don't know that I ever knew his last name. Uh, he was an ascended ma- ascension master uh, wanting to be an ascended master, and so he was in training on the planet. But he finally passed over like my husband did. Ask Brett Luter about how Harold started that law group that Brett's in. Oh, yeah. That, that's a Brett question. Not sure I know him. But, yeah, he's into okay. that. Do you know uh, Lang, Phil Lang? Uh, the, uh, no, I don't Phil, think so. That's Drumbelo uh, School. You know who Drumbelo uh-huh. is? Sure. All right. Well, then that's a different. Uh, that's a whole different reality, I guess. Well, Brad, I really didn't know how this was going to happen or if it was going to happen, and it almost didn't, apparently. But we're going to be shocked if it's all there and there's just a little brief not there because you didn't speak, and I just ran a one of my my uh, things I paid a lot of money for in Nashville on here. <laughs> one of my sing-in thing, but I. <laughs> I uh, look forward to the next time, and uh, I guess we'll stay in touch because I want to get a video, too, and two-hour video, and hopefully we can do a Zoom or a Skype with you and Brett, and uh, we'll just have to see when he's got time because he's got a, a schedule in California. Uh, yeah. he, he lives around – now, you're tell people where you are. You're in California, not Colorado. Yeah, that's right. I'm in Northern California, and so is Brett. He's up in Chico, so uh, we get together from time to time. And, Are you in uh, Santa Clara? Uh, close to there, in Santa Cruz, just over the hill on so, the coast here. Santa Cruz. All right. Well, you know a lot of people. I just know their names or their radio show or marketing for them to promote their you know groups. So. Are there uh, like you are a con- organizer? You better real quickly. We got to get off here, but tell us real quick. When is your weird street fair? Well, this year we got canceled because of COVID, so we're going to try oh. to hopefully reschedule it in September. But more than likely, it'll have to wait until uh, next fall. Well, is there anything that we didn't mention that you need to in 2021? I know we're going to be back here soon, folks. Because we do a weekly show, but uh, I'll be back here Sunday uh, for our spiritual show. You're always welcome, Brad. But most, uh, you know, I I would like to get you on with Brett and get a regular weekly esoteric show going. But I don't know what all that will entail. So I guess I need to read your books to see what we'll be discussing. But there is a whole live stream, folks. We're all going to all the different uh, channels out there like – you know, LinkedIn is uh, going to hopefully get their own channel, but besides Netflix and Hulu and all those others out there, uh, where do you have any of your videos? Or are they strictly on Ancient Aliens right now? Where do we find your videos? Ancient Aliens? Well, uh, yeah, you, I, I'm not able to repost those. That's uh, proprietary. But uh, you can find my videos that I produce on my YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Which is, okay. Uh, yeah, that's CCC Publishing Esoteric Series. CCC Publishing Esoteric Series is your YouTube channel. Right. 
Okay. All right. And we'll hopefully get some more going soon, or at least in 2022. That is our goal, folks, is to get some more in the can and uh, have so many so we can get our live streaming going. But plus, we are working on a lot of – oh, Brad, if you can, do me a favor on the IMDb, since you're in that with me, or in Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, throw me a, a review up on uh, – oh, a friend of mine – just had a red carpet deal uh, on her show, uh, Gwen, Gwen uh, it's Gigi, Gigi Adams Evans. It's um, the Mystic River. Will you check it out? It's on uh, uh, witchcraft uh, in uh, Nigeria. It's, uh, it's called the Mystic River, the, T-H-E, Mystic, M-Y-S-T-I-C, River. We've only got six episodes on that with her. But will you uh, throw me up a review on that? Some stars, at least one. Check them out. You get Netflix. Yeah, right? why don't you send me a link to that so I know I'm on the right place and I'll check it out and, uh, and then I can do a review for you. How about that? I appreciate it. Yeah, it's on a, a series. They got six only in the can or up and uh, bringing it up here, but it's on Netflix. All right. Thanks a lot, Brad. I can't wait to see what all you're going to put in the can. You are producing your own videos, right? Yeah, when I'm doing videos. Currently, I'm not. I'm just so busy with uh, interviews and other things, uh, working on some other book projects with some other authors. That uh, I'm kind of waiting for the whole censorship thing to die down before I feel safe putting stuff up that could easily get yanked down by the technocrats. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, just do me a favor. Send me some of your authors because I have an author review what, uh, and tell them I'll work with them. Just uh, any of your author friends, just tell them we got this author's club, ACO, Alien Contact Org. But just uh, you know what I'm about over here. If not, you can just send them to it because I've handled a lot of uh, authors. You know, I, I like to help the starving artists. <laughs> Well, I look forward to working with you, and uh, we'll have you an author's club or esoteric club, and we'll have that uh, mystic thing. If you can come up with some people with Telos and all that. Tell Rob Potter to give me a call, would you? You know Rob, right? Right. All right. Tell him. I don't know all those people over there. I've never – Rob Potter, I think I did a show with Janet in Hawaii years ago, maybe. I think one or two, but I can't remember. Well, anyway, yeah. tell him to call me. I'd like to interview him since he's putting this together for you and tell us, right? Your group. Right. Your, your authors, I guess, or your your uh, team or the one you're going to moderate. All right. Well, you got enough information on me. Go do a little bitty basic. Uh, it won't take you long. There's enough out there. But, but I've not tried to market it the way that you guys do it at all. But that's okay. I understand now you've got a better word for it, right? What did you call it? One more time. Uh, uh, com, or if you want to know more about me, it's bradolson.com. Brad, B-R-A-D-O-L-S-E-N. Oh, and by the That's way, right. Brad, when you listen to this, I hope you keep a copy and put it on your club, on your own your own community publishing, and I will too. So, folks, you'll be able to find this. I'll put it out there on, on my TJ Marsh Radio, ACO Radio, ACAR Radio, and uh, I've just got to work on some of my sites. You can get it right here, folks, at Blog Talk Radio, and it'll be on Spreaker in about 
30 minutes. So you can pull it down off of Spreaker. It'll be on Stitcher, iHeart, all over the place because I pay extra money for the syndication, and I have for years. Brad, you are a delight. You are our gentle giant, and you are brilliant, and you are a man about the universe. And I can't wait for you to figure out all your past lives and your lives off planet and how you fit into this big secret space program. So I'm looking forward to you doing all that. I'm looking forward to you understanding more about that. So you be sure and look up. You know uh, there's lots of pieces out there to put together in your puzzle, and I'm one of them, right? Yeah, you sure are. <laughs> one of your puzzles. Well, you're one of mine, and I've had, I'm have had i just a shock. I didn't know you were into all that secret space program stuff. You didn't know I had well, UFO you secret know. space. Yeah. All right. I really, I really appreciate it. We look forward to having you again. We need to get into depth on these shows uh, on esoterics in the future, please. Okay? All right. More in depth next time. Love and light. Thank you so much. You're Jim. All right. You too. Thank you so much. You're great. Thank you. Okay.